Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think, live, and make decisions. And when even experts sound convincing, but they disagree, how can we cut through the noise? And how do we sift through all of the information overload and choose what actually governs our lives? Our leadership here at Grace has been processing these things and praying for all of us, so we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Jeff, how you doing, buddy? I am good, Joe. Excellent. Is your day going well? It's going great. I, I was just saying before we kind of went on air here that I've had a, like a mentally exhausting day, yeah. so it's like fun and energizing. But I've been working on brain problems like mm. a lot, so we'll we'll see how things go here. That's awesome. On this mixed messages, we can make this episode divulging the 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 back ways of the church. You know? Yeah, like, that's right. Here's all the behind the scenes stuff. Um, yeah, because everything just shows up on the weekend and in groups and stuff without any planning or prep or prayer or yeah, yeah. just yeah, happens. We, we definitely wing it as we go. Yeah, I, you spend four or five hours. Every uh, I, people listening right now do this too. You spend four or five hours on a whiteboard, and it's like fun, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of neat ideas that come from it. And then you're like, I just want to go to bed for the rest of the day. So <laughs> yeah. don't ask me a complicated question, Joe. This week, oh, on mixed messages. Yeah, because they're never complicated. Ask me something simple. <laughs> <laughs> So, (laughs) well, actually, this question is, um, in some ways, submitted, and it's it's almost the definition of this podcast a little bit, but this question comes in and says this, um, shouldn't we be changing with the culture? Like, aren't we progressively learning as a species, and then therefore, aren't some of our understandings becoming like null and void? Like how does our Christian faith adapt over time? And so I think this person is referring to things like sexuality or politics, things that we um, discuss nowadays with things like gender or even theological perspectives. But Mm -hmm. Jeff, how, how do we engage this? Should we just be changing with culture? Uh, No, um, not yes and no. How about that? Right. So yes and no. So, um, God's truth is an eternal truth. It's a timeless truth, and it is a unchanging truth. And so there are certain things, uh, certainly in our faith, and I would even argue as a culture, that should be um, set in stone, so to say, and should be unmoving. And when I say that, just by the very fact that I believe that and say that, that will make me sound old-fashioned to some Um unless you think it through logically, right? So we would say things like, um, no, we're progressing, culture should change, uh, for instance, sexuality should change. I'd be like, okay, do you think that applies to all culture? And and uh, someone in that camp would generally say, yeah, I should apply to all the culture. And I, then I could say like, okay, good. Um, I now believe that murder is socially acceptable. And they would say, well, I don't believe that. And I would be like, but the Nazis did. So why is that not okay? Yeah, right? that's good. Um, I, I think that harming children is now just fine. Well, I don't mean that. Well, Herod did. Yeah. And he murdered a bunch of children when Jesus was born. So why is that not okay? 
So I, I think we have to be careful with this because usually what we're saying when we say we should be progressive and that we should keep up with the times and culture and that the scripture should do that, usually what we're saying is the parts of scripture I don't like or agree with should change <laughs> in the ways that I want them to change. Because there's other things that we would say, no, that like murder, that's like a timeless truth and it should never change. Hmm. Protecting children is like a timeless truth and it should never change. And I would look and say, right, and the 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 truth of God and the and the truth of Jesus is a timeless truth and it does never change. So as a Christ follower, I'm conforming to that not to the culture around me. And that is actually what Jesus teaches is what the it's it, and it is what the um the norm of the church has been uh for 2000 years. So that's where I think we have to be careful with it because I'm like what are you talking about? <laughs> uh well, I think we should change the definition of sexuality. Okay, well I think we should change the definition of murder. So, like, me thinking that doesn't mean anything. Sure. And I I have to go back to, like, is there such a thing as a, uh, uh, a firm truth that does not shift? And as a Christ follower, I would say, yes, that is true. Well, then what do you do about sexuality? Well, we bring that under the authority and the definition of Jesus Christ as laid out in the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. Don't you think the scriptures are old-fashioned? It depends on what you're what you mean by that. If you mean um, we should change the scriptures so that the definition of male and female is different than what it is, then no, I don't believe the scriptures are old-fashioned. If you mean that people have abused things like wives submitting to their husbands, oh. and we live in a different day and age, I'm like. Right, because they were getting, it's not what the scripture said. And the way that men and women within the home relate is different than the way that it used to be. That doesn't mean that it crossed the boundaries of godly or ungodly. Sure. Yeah, when I think of different things that I wish were different than the truth, like here I am, I happen to have a nice cup of sweet tea if you're listening uh, from my favorite place on earth, Chick-fil-A. Maybe more favorite than my home, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> but um, I wish that sweet tea wasn't just sugar. And I, I can hope that all day long. But the fact of the matter is, is this is like 210 calories every time I suck this thing down. Yeah. And I can try to be like, well, I wish it was different. I hope it was different. You know, it's like, but the truth is this sugar is going to affect me. And I think a lot of times that's what like God's truth. It doesn't matter how much we will it to be different, how much we wish it to be different, but um, it just is. Yeah. Um, and so, Jeff, how do we how, how do we approach someone that maybe is kind of dogmatic about something that has uh, that would fall into one of these categories where they would dogmatically believe, well, culture has changed, and this is quote unquote now true. Yeah, I I would really look and say if. If you are, so there's kind of two sides of this coin, right? When you said dogmatic, I wondered where you were going to go with it because dogmatic can be, uh, culture, it's always been this way. It should never be different, sure. you yep. know? And then dogmatic can be, uh, well, culture is changing and you guys are old fashioned and you should change, right? So it kind of depends on where you go. 
And what I would say is that both of those uh, positions are actually the same, and they're the same in that what you're saying is culture should be truth. And uh, whatever is happening around me and whatever I want to happen around me should be the truth that I then build life off of. If I want to have old-fashioned, old-time religion, and it should, and the the way that the scripture shows up should show up the way, like the same way it did, like in 1945, then I have created a subculture that is now defining the truth of God's word. If I am like we're progressive, and I know that homosexuality, the action of homosexuality, has been considered a sin for uh, since the beginning of scripture but i'm gonna just twist the scripture and make it say that something it doesn't say anymore um then i'm like nobody has thought that ever Hmm. and so you're you're making that up to fit your culture it's actually both people are saying the same the same thing sure and what i would say as a christ follower is is i would say um you start with scripture and then move to culture. So scripture informs culture. Culture does not inform scripture. What I would say as a person who uh, at least tries to think through things like logically and thoughtfully is uh, you don't actually want that to be your standard of truth. I think things should be the way they were in 1945. So you think everything should be the way? No, 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 no. Just the things I want to be. So the things, you want everything to be the way that you want it to be, and you want that to be your truth. Hmm. Well, that's not what I'm saying. Well, that's exactly what you're saying. No, just the church. What do you mean the church? Well, the church should be the way it used to be. Unair conditioned? <laughs> like, what What do you mean? No, the way, th- when it was right. So we should all wear suits and ties and not have children's programs or youth ministry? What, what do you mean by that? Right? So to be careful with it. If you want to go to the other side, you say, well, you you know, culture changes. I know, like Germany changed, Japan changed, uh, communist Russia changed. Uh, culture changes all the time. Uh, it, are, we going, are we going to, you know, um, I'm reading a book right now about Napoleon because I'm a nerd. <laughs> and like the French Revolution, they just cut everybody's head off, like literally. And it took them into chaos. And I'm like, but that was the cultural truth of the day. Mm-hmm. It was a big part of the Enlightenment. I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, well, like America, the way it used to be, when we owned other human beings, what do you mean? Like, that's silly, right? So when you, when you let culture be your guide and your God, you're going to go a bunch of dark places because culture in general is godless Uh it's it's humanistic and i'm like i don't think you want that no it's we're today's culture today's culture in afghanistan no america which part because i thought we were having real racial issues like what are you talking about Uh so so the logic breaks down strongly because there aren't eternal truths guiding it Uh right? When you come back in, it's, there, it's interesting. There's an author right now, and you're going to have to forgive me, listeners, for not remembering his name, but he's, he's 
he's a actually a um he's either atheist or agnostic but he actually wrote a book and he argues about even as an atheist the best thing we could do for a culture is build it on judeo-christian ethics because they're the most practical and they give freedom when all other ethic does not give freedom to those things and i'm like right i know you're he's an atheist but i'm like Um, right, because God blesses the righteous and the unrighteous, like the Bible actually tells us that, because murder is never good, Um, because uh, loving your neighbor as yourself is always a truth to build off of, Uh, because a father and a mother sacrificing their independence to each other and for their children is actually the best healthiest model of a of a home if mm-hmm. you can achieve it right? see what i'm saying yep so like like you go back to those eternal truths and you realize that that when those are locked in you get the best outcome of it so when it comes to truth that's what i would say the other piece of this is methodology And I would argue that methodology should always change. So every generation needs to make Jesus make sense to their generation. That's why we don't do church the way we did it in 1945. Here at Grace, we don't do church the way we did it in 2015. (laughs) Right. And because those methods need to change. And if you worship the old methods, you've created a false god. So I would look at like home, like both of our wives have careers and jobs. My mother didn't, mm-hmm. you know, not until, not until dad got sick and then she had to support us. My mom got married at 17, right out of high school. Um, 10 months later, my brother was born uh, and she was a stay-at-home mom and dad worked and, and we, we had a very, like dinner was on the table. They loved each other. She was happy with it. Dad was happy with it. The kids were happy with it. We had a very loving, Christ-centered home. My house doesn't work like that, mm-hmm. but we have a very loving, Christ-centered home. Yep. <clears throat> you know, I married a different person. Times are different. Technology has changed a lot, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that's methodology. Right. That's different than um, having two dads is not a, a problem. Right. Right. That, that's a moral question. Yeah. Our, our culture changes all the time. It's, it's why we know if we said, hey, we're having a party Saturday night and it's 80s themed, you would know how to dress. Right. You would know what to expect. Exactly we, the way I'm dressed right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if we said the party is 90s themed, if we said the party was 60s themed, like there's always these decade kind of definitions that we kind of stereotype what culture looked like. And then you also mentioned what part of the culture in our country, not only which segment of which concept, issue, or um, uh, virtue are we talking about, but also there are 330 million people in the United States across 50 different states, multiple territories, D.C., they all have different ideas of what culture looks like. Wyoming looks very different than New York City, um, and, and so on and so forth. We tend to hate when change happens to us, we only like change when we're the ones initiating it. Right. And so, like you were saying, if we want something in culture to stay the same or to change, of course we're all about it. We're the one trying to make it happen. But boy, when it happens to us, it kind of gets in our crawl. We're like, how dare you? 
adjust yeah. this thing that I've loved so much or that I enjoy or that I'm just in a routine of enjoying. Yeah. Even. And those those are cultural questions. I, when, when I read what our, our listener wrote and we talk about sexuality, gender, theology, we're asking moral questions. Yes which are rooted in eternal truths. Uh, when you talk about po- politics, that's a cultural question. Uh, even science is a, uh, a little bit of a cultural question because we discover more. And we'll say, um, uh, we'll see as we discover more, it disproves the Bible. I'm like, nope, not at all, because we're all theorizing about the beginning of it. So you have an opinion, I have an opinion. And it's also fascinating what the Bible said thousands of years ago that is just now being proven true. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm like, so th- we, we can, science changes in that when I don't feel good, I don't put a leech on me and have my blood sucked out, which yep. was a very common practice. Um, but it doesn't change the, the fabric or the foundation of who God is, right? Politics, uh, you know, politics, it, it, it used to be that it, it's funny over the last hundred years how the political parties have traded sides on issues. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the most um, racist, uh, aggressively anti-integration uh, 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 political party 75 years ago was the Democrats. Mm-hmm. And now they would champion some of those things. So I'm like, you, you and I'm, I'm not saying that Republicans are that, so don't send an email, but I'm like, it's fascinating how that shifted around, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I'm like, yeah, that's because it's cultural and that's a political issue and they, they picked a political side. Racism is a moral issue mm-hmm. and the scripture has always spoken against it. The scripture's been abused, the scripture's been twisted, but the remnant of God's followers have always landed in a place where they said this is wrong and they fought for emancipation, etc. So how do we know if something that's adjusting is okay? Like you just gave a, an interesting example. The scripture obviously, um, well I hope obviously to our listeners, um, does not promote things like racism, but it has been twisted to inform it, support it, back it. How do we know if something that's happening is okay, if that it's just a methodology switch, that it's just culture changing, as opposed to someone looking into the scripture and twisting it to their own will? So I think you, I think you look at a couple things. One, one is like easy peasy uh, on top. You can look at it because the scripture has such a clear definition of it. Marriage is an example of that. God clearly defines what it is and why it is in Ephesians chapter 5 and other places in the scripture. Um, and so that that's an issue. Um, sexual immorality is, is a clear thing. God clearly defines that heterosexual, um, uh, heterosexual activity outside the confines of a covenant marriage is uh, a sin. He clearly defines that marriage between a man and a woman is what marriage is, and that union is made before God, not before the state of Ohio or anybody else. So, like, there, there's there's clarity. And so when things are uh, becoming popular, um, 
in culture, uh, the clarity of Scripture would bring it about. Um, I give you a more of a historical example would have been Nazism. So the nation of Israel and the Jewish people being God's chosen people, as the Jewish people were hated and scorned and isolated and persecuted and then murdered, it's real clear in Scripture. <laughs> like, that's not where, where God is. Okay, that that's that. The other thing that that I think you look at is what we call historical orthodoxy. So, like, there's a there's a pretty significant move right now to say that when God speaks against the practice of homosexuality, not the temptation, because temptation is not a sin, but the practice of homosexuality, God would say, just like the practice of uh, heterosexuality outside of marriage is a sin, the practice of homosexuality is a sin. There's a pretty aggressive push in in uh, academic circles right now to say, no, 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 what God meant was pedophilia. Mm-hmm. That, that In Hebrew, when you read that in the Hebrew, you read that in the Greek, he was saying pedophile. He wasn't saying homosexual. And, and I'm like, uh, first of all, that's not true. And secondly, nobody has ever said that. Like we're 2,000 years in to studying this book. And that came out 15 years ago. So we're, we're 2,000 hours in, and that came out 15 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And now we're, accept, we're saying 2,000 years of study in church orthodoxy was just hate and just bigotry. And, and, and now, and, and we're talking about billions of man hours studying the Greek, studying the Hebrew, translating it, and nobody ever thought that. Mm-hmm. But now it's true. Right. And I'm like, every red flag in your mind should go up. Like, that's, that's nuts, right? Because it, it, this is not, we're not all reading this thing for the first time. And by the way, it was written, the New Testament and the Old, was written in cultures where homosexuality was practiced and considered a sin. Right. So it, wa- it wasn't even like a mute point back then. Yeah, I think um, we, it's very easy to get sucked into trying to find the best lifestyle to lead as a religion, as opposed to saying there's God who's a person who loves me, and I want to follow him. That's right. Because if we were just trying to say, well, what's the best pathway forward? Why are you still so sucking your ways? Why do you think that it should still be like this? Can't you see that things have progressed? Well, now it's just a debate on lifestyle. And, and, and I, Joe, I love what you're saying there, because the rest of this story is, like when I say what I just said, people can take it the way like you were just talking, like see the gay people, and I'm like, uh, see yourself, because uh, we love people. Um, I think it's very wrong that people cannot struggle with their sexual identity uh, within the church. Yeah, We struggle with our greed, we struggle with our pride, we struggle with our materialism, we struggle with our heterosexuality, I'm like, whoa, 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 who decided to shut this door and say you're the people that have, I'm like, no, 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 no. 
uh, I think it it was wicked and wrong that open racism within the church was was a norm and and it still is. I'm like, what in the world? We hate our brother. Right. What are what are you talking? About? So we we will take a lifestyle or we'll take a mindset even within the church and we'll say see the the sins of everybody are cast on those people well what about i i just struggle with pornography but i'm not gay i'm like what that is that's not even the conversation in the scripture the conversation is we're all pursuing christ one of things Christ tells us to pursue is purity and love with each other. How that shows up is not the main conversation. Right. So there are people who are going to twist things to justify their particular sin. The flip side of this coin is that there are people who are going to justify themselves so they don't have to deal with their own sin. And that is kind of like, the old culture like that that is as much like at our church we really don't care if you're materialistic i believe god for a 65 million dollar jet and i'm like what are you talking about because just because people applauded when you said that does not make that christ-like either Mm -hmm. right so there there are cultural issues that are benign um when I teach and you teach a lot here at Grace too, we wear jeans and flip flops. That's a cultural thing. Like, who, nope, it doesn't matter, guys. Like, right? There are cultural issues that are sinful. Um, it's okay to kind of be a little wink and nod racist at our church. Like, nope, that's not okay at all. Right. And then there are cultural issues that are justifying sin. Uh, we're affirming. I'm like, of what? Of of something that of things that are sinful, whether they're sexual things or not. I'm like, no. And that's where this timeless, eternal truth mm-hmm. has to be the rails that we run on. It's a perfect truth that is being lived out by imperfect people in imperfect ways. So I will not defend myself or all of my execution of the truth but I will defend the truth, <laughs> right? Right? It's like, no, that's the thing. Um, I'm trying to live it, but if you got a better idea, I'm super open uh, to that. But if you have a different idea, which is I made it up in Christian subculture and justified a sin, or I made it up in popular culture to justify a sin, I'm like, no, that, that's not the way that this works. That truth informs both of those positions. That's fantastic. Well, I I think this is a conversation that could probably go on for hours and hours because in some ways this is the root of why this podcast came to be. Um, and, and we have to continue to wrestle with these things because culture is always going to be grabbing at us from all different directions. Yeah. And uh, whether sometimes intentional or other times unintentional, it's going to try to rip us away from yeah. our followership of who Jesus is. 
Well, if you have follow-up questions to this or any other question for that matter, you can always submit those to us. We would love to get to them and dialogue through that and help us all figure these things out. You can submit those at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. And if we can help you in any of the things we've talked about, maybe you want to land on some scripture. Uh, Maybe you need to talk with someone or process your unique piece of how this is messing with you. We would love to help you take that step and you can reach out to us through our website as well. If you want to know more, uh, or if you'd like more of what you're hearing, uh, make sure you subscribe to our podcast, follow us, rate and review us. You'll get that message out to more and more folks. And if you're looking for a place to call home as a church, you can always join us on the weekend uh, in person here in the Akron area or online. Well, thanks for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. See you next time.